Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU football, your mission, should you choose to accept it. Finish the season ranked. Vegas insiders are on board. The cool Canadian radio voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, will join us live. How he thinks BYU can remain ranked and relevant in a September to remember. Plus, Coach Steve Cleveland in Studio B. What is the biggest cultural change happening for BYU hoops with no Mika and a new assistant? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Brian Logan. BYU Sports Station is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B. Happy Friday. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, May 26th. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Kazam's little buddy, Brian Logan. Yes, 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 yes. How you doing, everybody? Before the show, Brian Logan, and I'm paraphrasing, said something (laughs) of this sort. Kazam, with Shaquille O'Neal, is a great movie. It's a really good movie, man. It's a great movie. It is. It's a childhood memory uh, that I I have, and, and and I have a really bad memory. Anybody that knows me, you know, concussions and and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I don't remember a lot of things. And I remember, so I remember the Goonies. I remember Kazam. Um, you're you're putting you know, the Goonies and Kazam in the same. No way, category. no way, man. Now you're putting words in my mouth. <laughs> it's backpedal, backpedal, backpedal. Plant go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's just what I remember as far as my the the. the the movies that I watched as a child. I, I'm not ranking them or comparing them. I'm okay. just saying, okay. because I have a poor memory, that, that obviously has to be a good movie, in my opinion, because I remember it. So, yeah. Now, what I also said was, just because you have bad actors in a movie doesn't mean the movie is bad. Are That's you suggesting that one Shaquille O'Neal was not a polished actor in the great <gasps> movie, Brian Logan's words, Kazam? Yeah, he was, man, I mean, like, he was like, Dudu Stevens, man, <laughs> Johnson, all, all, all of that combined, put together. I mean, he was, he, yeah, he's horrible. There's no way in the world, as a, as like an eight year old kid, you should realize like that dude sucks. Like, what's wrong with him? <laughs> Mom, what's wrong with this dude? He's Shaq Fu, man. Why Shaq does he talk Diesel, like that? The big Aristotle. <laughs> My name is Kazam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just. I kind of want to watch that movie with you now. Oh, I'm definitely doing it. Man. <laughs> I'm like what, going, going straight home. My kids, like, we can sit down, get some popcorn. We're going to watch Kazam. I couldn't remember if it was called Shazam or Kazam. Yeah, we thought it was Shazam. Right? But it's Kazam. It's, okay. so, it's so good we couldn't remember the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. September 2nd, BYU-LSU football has a kick time and broadcast details. ESPN announced yesterday that the Advocare Texas kickoff between the Cougars and the Tigers will kick at 9.30 p.m. Eastern and be televised on the mothership ESPN. Yes. Get her done. More football scheduling news. FB Schedules reports that New Mexico State will travel to Provo on November 17, 2018 to face BYU. If correct, this means that the 2018 schedule now has 12 games, uh, but there are still some dates and times that are yet to be determined. Oh, a full slate of games in 2018. How about that? BYU baseball dropped its fourth straight game last night 
In the opening round of the West Coast Conference Tournament, hard-fought 3-2 loss to LMU. The Cougars scored two runs off of just three hits last night. This is a team that is averaging over eight runs a game. Hmm. Two runs against LMU. BYU will face St. Mary's today at 3 p.m. Eastern, live on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. If the Cougars win, they survive elimination and will have to play again tonight at 10.35 p.m. Eastern, if necessary. Now, BYU will take on either LMU or Gonzaga, whoever loses the game, at, I believe, 7.05 p.m. Eastern time. So, late-night baseball on Friday. Ooh, got to go back-to-back. Hey, man, if Drake can do it, they can do it. After day one of the NCAA track and field West prelims, two Cougars, Rory uh, Linkletter and Clayton Young automatically qualified for the NCAA championship and nine others, including Shea Collinsworth, advanced to the uh, quarterfinals in their respective events. The quarterfinals resume this evening. Congratulations and good luck to the rest of the Cougars running in the track and field events. Rise and shout. Time for What's Trending brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, finish ranked. BYU football, to start the season, ranked 24th by the good folks at VegasInsiders.com. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, but those people tend to know a few things when it comes to predictions. Yes, they do. I mean, there's still a conspiracy that I think is going on. Around there, but that's that's another topic for another show. Hashtag gambling is wrong. From the <laughs> article yesterday, in regard to the Cougars, and I quote, BYU has a sleeper Heisman candidate, Tanner Mangum. Remember, the Cougars went 9-4 and four last year with their defeats coming by eight combined points. There it is, bro, right there. Tanner is going to win the Heisman. Right there. You just said it. Mm-hmm. Well, sleeper Heisman <laughs> candidate, according to VegasInsiders.com. Wait, but hey, the Heisman, bro. It's preseason. It's May 26th. And the preseason ranking is great. It creates fodder and excitement and hype on this Friday in late May. But it's all about how a team finishes the season if we're going to be real to the situation. And for BYU in the top 25 rankings, Brian, mm-hmm. every year I, I am shocked by this. It's been a lengthy drought that has continued yet another 365 days. Take a big swig of our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The last time BYU finished the season ranked in the AP Top 25 was 2009. Brian Logan. I was on that team. Was a starting defensive back on that team. Brian, it's been eight Years since BYU finished ranked in the AP Top 25. Gosh. Now everybody knows my age, Spencer. You're an old man. I am old. That's to emphasize the fact that it's been a long time for BYU. Now, of note, they also began the season in 2009 ranked in the Top 25, yep. number 20. We were 20. We finished 12 that year. With a senior quarterback, Max Hall, and the senior star tight end, Dennis Pitta, and, of course, the fabulous Brian Logan. Making his debut in one of the greatest BYU football wins in recent memory. That hard-fought battle against Sam Bradford in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. It's pretty easy, but yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Florida State was the real challenge. Eight years 
since BYU finished, according to the writers, the writers, <laughs> in the top 25. I know some people are like, hey, weren't they ranked in 2011 with Riley Nelson? Yes, that was the coaches' poll, and they were ranked 25th, but they were only in that poll because USC could not qualify because of NCAA sanctions. Yeah, I mean, what, what really matters on paper? AP, right? Would that's that? that's I, the one yeah, with yeah. relevance, yeah, right? Yeah, Especially right. for we're a media outlet, yeah, so we're exactly. going to that. It's been eight Years. And so now, while we love being ranked 24th, according to VegasInsiders.com, you know, and you can put as much stock into that as you want, it's about finishing ranked. And we have put our minds together, Mm -hmm. and we feel like a September to remember, because of the way that BYU's schedule stacks up, is the key to BYU finishing ranked when it comes to December and January. Wait, how does one month matter that much? Answer today's Twitter question. What will BYU football have to do in September to remain nationally relevant throughout the season? First tweet in at Hasro24. Win, just win, baby. Win! But how much is the question? And let's chronicle the first five games, shall we? Of course, the opener against, oh, wait, who's that team that BYU starts against? Hit it! Countdown to the Vikings. 92 days. We didn't even practice. We didn't even practice that this morning. I was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, we're going to get this, we're going to get this. One of your better performances. We nailed it. On the countdown. Bro, I just, I give you all the credit, man. I was just, you know, following behind you, so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's good to be back with you, man. Okay. (laughs) The first five games, now that we've got Portland State out of the way, LSU at the Advocare Challenge kickoff at uh, NRG Stadium in Houston, Utah in Provo, Wisconsin in Provo, at Utah State in balmy Logan, Utah. Thankfully, that game is in September and not in late November. The first five games are intriguing because it sets the tone. You look at BYU's first five last year, and you think, wow, four power fives. That's, that's pretty incredible, right? Arizona, Utah, UCLA, West Virginia. But when you look at the power five competition in 2017, Brian, it, yeah. it's another level, it, right? It, it definitely is another level, man. I mean, so there's, there's three power five teams scheduled this year compared to the four. But, I mean, you don't, you don't really you know, give Arizona – that much clout, I don't think. I don't think same thing with with West Virginia at that time. I mean, I think it's 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 something that's eye popping. It's they're they they definitely are relevant, been relevant. But I mean, you compare that to an LSU. Um, you know, Utah is always ranked, have been ranked uh, physical team. Wisconsin as well. I mean, I mean, these are teams I feel are more have more of a, of a branded you know name and. I mean, when you look at it, the, like their play physically, I mean, it's, it's to me it's a bigger challenge. Except for you know, instead of Arizona spread, uh, UCLA they have some some pro there, but they're not. You know, those teams aren't known for smash. Arizona finished football. three and nine. UCLA finished with a losing record. Utah yeah. was a good team last yeah. year. BYU played them tough. West Virginia started strong, and then they kind of fell off at the end. But we're talking about the big boys. And Stuart Mandela, Fox Sports, put out a fun article yesterday. And I'm sure we'll bring this up at some point next week in detail. But he ranked college football's 66 BCS teams, BYU included, into four different classifications. Kings, barons, knights, and peasants. Shoot away from me, you peasant. Okay? 
Arizona is listed as a peasant, right? Yeah, BYU does not face a peasant early in this season. They face a king, yep. LSU. I guess you can, Baron, count, you can count Portland State a peasant. Wisconsin. Well, they, that's not, they're not a power five team. Okay, okay. The okay. point is they have the opportunity to make some noise even more so this year compared to last year when we all could not stop looking at that 2016 schedule. The question is, Brian, what does BYU have to do in that September? I mean, the best, the best case scenario is – so you have a guaranteed win against Portland State. You have a guaranteed win against Utah State. You've got you to gotta just drop one of those, top, uh, those tough three those, uh, games against either Utah, West Kansas, or LSU. Only, you can only lose one of those games. That's that's what I, that's what they have to do. You feel like they have to go four and one. Yep, that's right. I said it. Four and one. Four. Boom. Yep. Mark it down. Right. To it be down, nationally relevant against that schedule. Yep. Four and one. Four and one. Yep. Three and two won't get it done. Nope. I don't think so, man. I don't think it will. Oh man, we've got to dive back <laughs> into this, and we will coming up later in the show. Why Brian feels so strongly it has to be four and one and not three and two. What do you think, BYU Sports Nation? How do the Cougars remain nationally relevant throughout the season based on September? Hashtag BYUSN. Up next, radio voice of BYU, Greg Rebell will join us. But first, Coach Cleave gives us his outlook for 2017 BYU basketball. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Ahern Rental. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. That it is. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation jumping right now on Twitter. We've got a good few days on the Twitter machine with our Twitter questions. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. BYU Sports Nation will be broadcasting live from the BYU Fan Fest next Saturday in Corona, California. That will be a two-hour BYU Sports Nation special on June 3rd from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern, featuring interviews with Kalani Satake and other BYU athletes and coaches. And Jeremy and Spencer, you guys are going to be signing autographs, right? I am going to put the over-under <laughs> on how many autographs I sign at six. Get ready, man. Like, Jerem said you had, like, your player's card or your broadcast card, you know, with, <laughs> you know, your 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 – your face, you smile, and then you flip the card around. It has like your stats. It has like your profile, like social media profiles. <laughs> yeah, you guys print them out, man. Oh, all that they're making us feel good. <laughs> Not really sure why or how uh, effective those cards will be. <laughs> Collector's items. That's what it is. You're gonna have Jerem Spencer, then Jamal's rookie card. Hey, but we're we're excited. Absolutely, we are excited. Our Twitter question today, what will BYU football have to do in September to remain nationally relevant throughout the entire season? Brian Logan just said before the break, they've got to go 4-1. 4-1, and one. Four and one. that's right. We're going to dive into that in about 25 minutes. Why 4-1? and one? I think 3-2 and two would be just fine. <clears throat> Somebody give that man a buzzer. Why 4-1? Yes. Wow. With that in mind, let's bring some credibility to the – desk in Studio B now because we know that we don't have a lot of that going on right now. Mm. Steve Cleveland, the former basketball coach, guru, and friend of the program back in Studio B. Coach, welcome back. Thanks. Good to be with you guys. All right. Uh, I want to get your opinion on starting the season big and getting ranked and being nationally relevant. And I know that we brought you on to talk specifically about college basketball, but this, I think this applies to all collegiate sports. Mm. How important is it for a team – 
mentality to get off to a red-hot start and, and beat a big-name team early in the season? What, what does that mean for a program? Well, I, th- I think the most important thing for those things to kind of happen, whether it's in the summer, spring, or whatever your sport is, is that they, you got to truly have an identity. And everybody needs to know what it is. And everybody needs to know what the team goals are. And I think sometimes we get in situations where teams come together, they have a a variety of talent, and we're we're focusing so much on schemes. And we forget the most important thing is what's happening here with the mindset. And when everybody on that team has that mindset, everybody knows that they, hey, you know, this is where we want to be. These are games we need to win. Uh, it's different, and, and I think coaching staffs have a responsibility to develop that and nurture that, and it's not just you know, positive, mindless thinking. It's like, hey, here's, this is what, who we are, and this is, this is how we do things, and this is where we're going to be, and this is where we want to be. And I think when you develop that mentally, then, and, then it takes, and it has a huge impact on how you start a season mm-hmm. rather than approaching it with, well, we're not quite sure. We're still developing players. No, no, we're not developing players. We're, we're, we're playing difference right makers right now. Yeah. Okay, right we're right in now. the moment. Yeah. This isn't about, you know, when we play Ohio State or whomever we're going to play down the road. It's right now. We, we're going to give it our best shot when we play Portland, and there's where we go. Hey, big wins early really do help, and they get a lot of momentum, I think, confidence-wise for your team. How, how – does it affect the team and maybe some individuals when you are ranked uh, before the season or, or not ranked, right? You know, I, I, think, I think when you are ranked, I think it's a, it's a matter of pride. And I, then I think it's a responsibility of the coaching staff to talk about what's expected. Yeah. Okay? We are ranked. People from the outside have observed this before we even played a game. They, this is what they think we're going to be. Do we really know who we are? Do we really know the kind of commitment we're going to make? Yeah. And I think sometimes coaching staffs fall short in that, and they, and they don't help people realize what their potential is and, and reaching their full potential. So if you're ranked, you've got to talk about it. You know, every time you're together as a team, you've got to talk about it. You've got to talk about your culture. Who are we? Constantly you're talking about that. Mm-hmm. And then by talking about it, you become that. Besides the fact that you've got to have some talent, you better have some guys. <laughs> but I don't think yeah. you're going to get ranked preseason by a group of people who are pretty knowledgeable about the game or whatever the sport is without having some talent and understanding that there's a pretty solid plan there. I love, coach I love coach that, psychology man. 101, yeah, right? Yeah. Now, it's interesting because there are some coaches that want to turn their head and keep their players away from that. Yeah. It's impossible in our no. day and age, right? Yeah. You've got to embrace it. Listen, own especially it. the yeah, you have to own it. And, and, and the younger generation, I mean, it, it may not apply to me and, and those that are in our 50s and 60s, but social media is so important. Yeah. And so whatever's being said, your players are exposed to it. And if you kind of put your head in the corner or you, you kind of just kind of try to be invisible and want to address it, you're making a huge mistake. You, you need to embrace it, talk about it, what are the expectations, so that when they get in situations when things aren't going well, they're going, oh, no, no, we were, we're prepared for this. Yeah. But I think sometimes do we just put our head in the sand as coaches and we feel like they don't know what's going on in the world when, in fact, they know way more what's going on than, the, than anybody else. Oh, yeah. we're, we're off yeah. to a rip-roaring start. Yeah. And I, and, and we, see, I, I was exposed to a little bit of it because right when I got done playing, Facebook you know, um, was, was just allowed, I think, with, with BYU Bronco, let that happen. And then Twitter started taking off. So we didn't get it as much, but we would still see articles and things like that. And we would be talking about it in the locker room and then we would hear, you know, some of the coaches, maybe Bronco, maybe somewhat speak about it, but it never really resolved it. And, and I think that then carried over to, you know, divisions and, and you get well, some of the cancer. And coaches there. by nature are a little bit insecure. Yeah. Okay. And nobody wants more expectations than we think we can handle or deal with. But you've got to embrace that. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting that it's, it's false hope. Yeah. 
Okay. It's, it's real, and you got to make it real. Hey, here's the steps. These are things we still got to do. Right. But, man, you got to embrace that and talk about it. The more you talk about your identity, the more they talk about your culture, what your team goals are, the more people believe it. And once they start believing it, they act on it. BYU Ready basketball understands expectations. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about last year and probably unfair expectations set up by a lot of BYU fans, for that matter. If we're being real, uh, with as young as that basketball team was, that, there was a lot expected out of that team. And now one of the lone peak three, Eric Mika, is jumping to the NBA. So where do the expectations lie now for BYU basketball with Eric Mika going pro? And yet this team is still averaging 25 wins a season under Dave Rose. Yeah, you know, and, and Coach Rose has done an amazing job here in, in terms of consistency and having a plan and taking his talent and using it effectively. I think with this group, I think maybe even looking at the last two years, there has been a little bit of a disconnect in, in terms of players maybe and coaches being on the same page. Do they have the same connection? Yeah, you know what? I think it will reduce. Everyone will go, Eric Meek is not playing. Well, then probably we're not going to be quite as good as we are. There is no way you're going to let your team believe that. In fact, if anything, it's going to be opportunities for other people to step up. It's going to be able to catch people a little bit off guard. And the fact is, when you start looking at their personnel, it is a year older. It is better. And I think the coaching staff will be better. I think we've improved the coaching staff by bringing Coach Schroyer in here. There's going to be an attention to detail and preparation defensively as well as offensively. And I, I'll be honest with you, I, I really look for good things here. Not pie-in-the-sky dreams. I look for really solid things to happen with this group because I think they're going to be really united and they're going to be really together. And I think the coaching staff over the next six months, is it's, they're going to have an identity and they're going to have a culture that is going to be about them being united. So, so if, for us as fans, I mean, what, what expectations or I guess proper expectations should we have instead of maybe like, like me in football saying that, you know, that we're going to go, you know, what, 4-1, 4-1 in September. I don't, even, I don't even know how you do it in football being independent, to be honest with you. It, it takes a really, really uh, – it's a different perspective, to be honest with you. I mean, you're not playing for anything, really, yeah. to be honest with you, other than pride and, and winning every game, yep. and which is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. But when you're already in a conference, I think the way that you start with this – and I, I think the culture now has to be every year, we're going to try to win the WCC. That's our goal. Yeah. We, th th that's never talked about. Yeah. I've been, I, you know, I've, I've been, I was home, and I never heard – one time have I heard anybody talking about winning the conference championship. I've heard talk about going to the tournament. Yeah. Heard about doing different things, beating certain teams, but never have I heard much about winning a, a WCC championship. So I think that's what you start. Yeah. And, then, and then from there, obviously, getting to the NC2A tournament. That's the barometer for the world. You know, and those 30 days are the, are the, the everyone pays attention to those 30 days, the tournament. But besides that, to, before you can get there, if you've got a, a really, really strong, solid goal and let's win a conference championship, yeah. all the rest of that takes, takes care of itself. Oh, yeah. Now, we have looked at the numbers, and on average, it takes 16 wins and two losses to win the West Coast Conference with Gonzaga and St. Mary's, and BYU has kind of played third fiddle for the majority of the time they have been in the WCC. So can this team, given the departure of Eric Mika, but with a major cultural change with Heath Schroyer coming in and really bearing down and having knowing that with Eric Mika leaving, we've all got to get better. We have all got to step up. Is this team capable of winning 16 West Coast Conference games? You know what? I, I don't, I, I'm not going to look at it in that perspective. I mean, yes. I, I, if you don't believe that, who is going to believe yeah, it? You know, right. I, I, mean, I think as a coaching staff, you feel like you can win every game. Mm -hmm. You know, and now whether it's realistic and we go and look at all the data and, you know, do we have inside strength? Do we have experience here? Maybe not. But 
I think what we, the perspective we take on this is this. Sometimes through attrition, you get better. Mm. All right. Uh, we talked a little bit about this last time. Yoli Childs had an opportunity to play a lot of minutes mm. for, because of the unfortunate injury. OK, but at, now he has an opportunity to really blossom and grow. And he's going to play in, in a situation where he's on the block. He's in, away from the he's, he's going to open the floor up. Coach Rose has been really good with guard oriented teams. And I think he's in a situation right now where with the addition of this new point guard from Chipola, that I, th- I think you get a legitimate guy who's a point guard. I think that TJ and Elijah Bryant and, you know, they can play the point position. I'm, I'm hopeful that this young man can come in and makes the transition because now if he is the point guard and he can break down and create for others, then you got Nick and TJ. And I see Elijah Bryant maybe coming off the bench and playing 30 minutes. Yeah. Not because he's not good enough to be a starter, because it makes their team better. Jashir Hardnett okay. is the guy that we are all well, looking well, at, right? Exactly. So I think you get in that situation, and then you take Zach Selyus, who can play the four. I met him the other day. For the, I went to a missionary homecoming, and he was there up in Bountiful. I met him. Strong kid, six seven, six seven and a half. You know what? He, he can't play the three, okay? He doesn't dribble well enough right now. But he can play the two. He can play the four. And, and you put him at the four. You stretch, and then he works on the handles, but he can flat-out shoot it. And then put Yoli. Those are your five, best, five or six best players. And okay. if, what we try to do sometimes, we get stuck as coaches, is we try to figure out, okay, we've got to have a 6'8", six, 6'9", six, here. Yeah. We've got to have a 6'8", six, 6'9", six, here. And we've got to fill these spots. Play your best guys. Mm. Play your best guys yeah. and fit the system to work with them and then, and then go from there. I will tell you that some, those three young men that returned off missions and, and Dastrup, who's returning, who probably have the most potential to, to help inside, somebody's going to surface from there. They all see an opportunity. You know, and I think we're going to see a different Peyton Dastrup. I talked to Coach Schroyer the other day. He worked out three or four guys. And he, he, he said, I couldn't believe how excited they were to work out, you know. And all of them text him and call him back and say, how about tomorrow? Okay, that's a change. Yeah. Okay, how about yeah. tomorrow? Mm-hmm. How about the next day? And, and when you get that kind of energy and that enthusiasm, guys get better. And I, I've always found, I mean, when I was a JUCO coach and Heath was with me, I mean, we, were guys, we, we spent more time working guys out than practice. Okay, mm-hmm. because we it just got us better, and that's an integral part to to college college basketball. I don't know how it is for football, yeah. but when a coach takes individual attention, takes you and goes, I, I'm not going to share some of the experiences, but he shared some experiences with me with players that he was surprised with the lack of confidence in their ability when they, he felt like they had great talent. Yeah. So I think he'll be. A, I think that's going to be a great addition to the staff. Mm, the culture change. Yeah, that, that so, so what, what do you? I mean. What do you think the reason for that change was? I, I, I remember something similar when I played at junior college going from my, my freshman year to my sophomore year. We had a new DB coach come on board, um, went to a D2 school, but uh, had some opportunities in the NFL, had a great arena uh, career, arena football career. And, I mean, I was like googly eyes, like, what, like taking it all in, soaking it all up. What do you want? What, I'll do anything. You know, doing these one-on-one sessions. And it literally took my game to a whole another level. I'm going to tell you why we were really good and built a program. Because I had Dave Rose that would sit down with guys when behavior wasn't right or when they needed to pick me up and get in there or go work them out. When he, Shoyer, was doing that, when Nate Call was doing that. It was important to me with your staff that they have a relationship with the players. Yeah. You know what? When, you know what? I can't imagine yeah. having 80 or 90 guys. But <laughs> guys mess up. Sometimes they make mistakes. Sometimes they get down. And the head coach can't do all of that. You've got to trust your assistants to, to take care of little issues. And you know what? And young people, old people, doesn't matter who you are, if they know you care 
and they know you love them and that you have their best interests, they're going to respond and they're going to do whatever you ask. Yeah. And, I, and I think somehow there's been some kind of a disconnect. I, and I can't say specifically because I don't know, just watching from the outside. I, I've just seen a little bit of a disconnect, and I think that's going to be recaptured. And I think guys, they'll get more out of these guys because they're passionate. They love their coaches. There's a unity there, yeah. and it'll make a difference. You know, yeah. I, I, just, I just think that's the approach you have to take when – 22 games isn't enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> crazy, yeah. crazy. But at the end of the day, uh, there are expectations. And there are expectations here because Coach Rose has done such an amazing job. And he's had great success. But I think every once in a while, change is good in a staff. Every once in a while, change is good. You know what? These four bigs, one of them, they got to earn it. Yep. You know, you can't have guy. we're going to play this guy and hope he – no, you earn that position. Mm-hmm. You don't give anybody anything. And if they don't earn it to get on the floor, then you play four guards and go small and do the best you can there. Yep. But at the end of the day, they got to earn it. And, mm-hmm. and so anybody that thinks, well, I got a scholarship and I'm at BYU and what a great experience, you know, hey, I know you fall in love with the school and all that, but you know what? That doesn't get you any minutes on the floor, right. okay? Suck it up. Preach. Put the time in. Preach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put, put the time in, brother. Uh-huh. Put the time in. You know, we're not, this is not a holiday. Oh, my dream come true. I came to BYU. Right. Well, now what? Yeah, exactly. H- how about getting your tail in the gym and work, work out every day? Mm-hmm. So I, I think those are the kinds of things that are, that are going to make a difference with this team. And I think over time, it will instill confidence that these guys haven't played with before. Are you not motivated right now? I'm ready to go, man. I'm about <laughs> to go to the next CFL tryout. <laughs> Can I, can I say one other thing? I would really, and I, this is a little, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Coach Rose has won 300-plus games. He had a system. He, he's done things certain ways. And, 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 and things kind of got sideways a little bit the last couple of years and didn't maybe reach the potential that he probably would have liked. I've watched him, and I know him, and I consider him a really good friend. But I'd like to see him take a more significant role with the offense in games. I'd like to see him, I'd like to see him be the guy, you know, and it's not that coaches that have been there haven't done good jobs and had success. I'm not demeaning or disparaging anybody else. Sure. I'm just telling you, he, he is a bright, bright coach. And I, I think the players will really respond to him if he's hands-on in the game, gets a little piece of him and does those things. And I know he can do that. That's what, that's dude. When Bronco took over, man, the defense, I'm telling you, you know, same, same, same it scenario. It just matters. Yeah, it does. It's Coach, that was inspiring and fantastic. Good You're a man of many talents. We appreciate your time. <laughs> it's good to be with both of you. All right, Coach Cleveland. Wow, you need to download the podcast if you miss any of the first half an hour. Greg Rebel, the cool Canadian in Studio B next. It's only going to get better. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Welcome back. Happy Friday. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. A very spirited Friday conversation thus far. First of all, dealing with BYU football and how the Cougars not just start ranked, according to VegasInsiders.com, number 24, but finish the season ranked. They haven't done that in the AP poll since the top, or finished in the AP Top 25 since 2009. Brian, you played on that team. Yes, yes, yes. And they need to go 4-1. and one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Holy That's, cow. <laughs> and, uh, you know, coming up on, on June 23rd, BYU Football Media Day is happening. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. Um, interviews, coaches, and, and players. Uh, obviously, Spencer and, and Jerem will be <laughs> Don't there. Don't water as- it down, Brian. <laughs> We'll be there. As, you guys, what are you talking about, man? You guys are the highlight of the show. Don't I don't want to. I don't watch BYU football media day to see Fred Warner. <laughs> I, I watch it to see Spencer Linton. 
So oh you guys should goodness. as well um, on, on BYU TV uh, and, and the apps. Tune in June 23rd. And yeah, take that for what it's worth from a guy who says Kazam is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Brian Logan. Joining us now in Studio B, the coolest Canadian, Greg Rebell. Apparently, Jerem Jordan has started a thing, Greg. And now we're playing the Canadian National Anthem as your walk-up music to the show. But yeah, you, I endorse you, that. No, you've become, I, I, I no you've become a legend, well, man. <laughs> I, I like a small L legend on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday we had a fun fan question, and we certainly want your opinion on this. If you could guarantee one win against either LSU or Utah, not saying the other game is going to be a loss, but if you could just guarantee one win against one of those two teams, who are you going to choose and why? Well, first up, let's say in, in, in the real world, in real life, you can get them both. Oh, right. yes. Right. Yes. 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 So this is not an either-or scenario in the real world, so let's go for two. Okay. Uh, if I had to have just one, uh, I'm taking the Utah game because of, of kind of where it falls and where it fits. Let's say you go to Houston, and, and in week two, you already want to know, you've beaten Portland State, you beat LSU on ESPN, Everyone's going nuts. BYU's now 2-0. You're in the next top 25. People are going nuts. And then you follow it up with a seventh straight loss to Utah. Well, major letdown. And everyone goes, well, how big was that win against LSU if you lose the next week? So for that, 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 that's one of the reasons. Because let's say you go to LSU, play really well, and they happen to eke one out. You're playing in almost their backyard. No one would – I mean, if you go and take on a top 10, top 15 LSU team and lose it in Houston but play pretty well – You'll get credit for that. But then you build on that, and then you snap the six-game losing streak against Utah the next week. You beat Utah on your home field. You're 2-1. and You're still playing well. I think that's why I go for that. Plus, you know, there's the psychological part of it. You snap a six-game skid. Mm -hmm. uh, You don't have to deal with it for another year of, is there some kind of mental hurdle against these guys? So for all those reasons, I would say if you had to pick just the one, I'm going for Utah, but I want two. I want them both. So, yeah. Let's go, let's go for two. Yeah. Um, so, so let's, let's put this uh, scenario out there. Let's say that there is a 10 or maybe even like 11-plus, um, you know, wins this season, but, but, you know, BYU falls to Utah. You know, how does that scenario um, affect the overall success? And I think I, I said this, uh, you know, on, on the show earlier this week. You know, if we beat, if we lose every single game, even Portland State would beat Utah. I'll be happy. No, that was a Brian, joke, Brian. Yeah. Brian, that was a joke, man. Okay, it's a joke. But there are some people that feel that way, right? Yeah, me too. Well, if you were at eleven in the regular season, if you're like Nigel Tufnell, and this one goes to eleven, if you were at eleven <laughs> in the regular season, and you're eleven and one, even if it is Utah, that's a heck of a season, and you're probably looking at uh, at, at being in the oh, mix yeah. for the, you know for the CFP at that point. So if you, if you were in an eleven win regular season, regardless of who the losses to. Uh, you're going to be in fantastic shape. But I, I, w- I wouldn't want to think about it that way. Like, that would be the one. Um, that, that said, a 10-11 win season would be, uh, you know, a step up from Kalani's first season and exceptional considering uh, the strength of schedule. We're looking at September as the understandable critical month for BYU to gain national attention. As it always is, as an independent. Absolutely. Yeah. And get ranked and be relevant because without a conference – that ranking carries added significance, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you feel like BYU has to do in the first five games through the end of September to be in a position where they could potentially finish the season ranked in the top 25 for the first time since 2009? Wait, hold on. Spencer says, what, you said two and three? I said three and two. Three and two? I said four and one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I'll go two and one in those back-to-back-to-back P5 games. Okay. Yeah. 
which would probably extrapolate to four and one if you can bookend it with Portland State and Utah State. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I would love that. Not, not that it couldn't go the other way, because if you were three and two and then went on a big run and you end up the you know the regular season at ten and two, well then you're probably in the mix for good things as well. If you were to go on a, a huge long run, uh, but I, I would say it, it, those back to back to back games, the LSU Utah. Wisconsin trio. If you were to go two and one on those three, as opposed to one and two, let's yeah. say, you really kind of show the national folks that yeah, you, you know, you're the real deal, capable of not just competing with, but beating P5s on on a pretty regular basis in that little three week run. So yeah, I'd say if you went two and one against those three and bookended with those other games, four and one, uh, you're going to be uh, ranked and, and in the mix for a while. Yep, that's 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 what I say. Not you, that it couldn't happen at three and two, because a lot of teams again, if you lose those games early, but then go on a big run. You know, the, the, those early losses, uh, especially if they're, if they're the good teams, if you were to lose to a couple of P5s, not that they get forgotten, but there's certain credence lent, uh, you know, to the schedule you, you gave yeah. yourself in, in that first month. Well, I think that's, that's what, um, you know, people or critics are saying about the team last year, right, as far as their losses. I mean, they, they played them tough. They were competitive and only lost by a handful of points. But when you're one and three, it's tough to get back in Absolutely. the mix. Absolutely. Yep, you know, exactly. a couple of plays, we all know how, how close it was from one and three to three and one. But at one and three, you have a lot of room to make up. And you, you can go on a nice run, but you may not get to where you want to be uh, by the end of the season. Yeah, so, so the, 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 the run, it should be set up for success, right, towards the end of the season. But when you look at Boise State and you look at Mississippi State after, you know, September, um, you know, where do those fall in the mix as, as far as, you know, overcoming the the September battle, so to speak. Yeah, now we're getting into a point where the CFP rankings are almost about to be released for the first time. And if you've given yourself an opportunity in SEC territory in mid to late October, you know, what a great reminder, uh, you know, to the powers that be of how you're playing. Uh, It's a great opportunity to go into SEC country in October. Give yourself a great late season chance right there. No one should overlook uh, what it would mean to win a game in the SEC at that late in the season. Uh, you know, Dan Mullen uh, got an extension, and, uh, and, and actually after the loss to BYU, I think they lost the week after, they actually came up with a win or two that kind of raised some eyebrows in the last month or two of the uh, last month of the season last year. So um, Mississippi State at their place that time of year in the land of the cowbells is by no means a gimme. So if you get that win, you've really earned it. And let's, you know, and of course, Boise's right before that, right? Yeah. So uh, you've given yourself kind of these phases of the season that, that, that give legitimate challenges that would certainly uh, gain credit and respect if you get those wins. Unique schedule for BYU this year because they play Hawaii and they have an exception of a 13th game. ESPN's mm-hmm. Football Power Index has BYU favored in 10 games. What would a 10-win regular season really mean for BYU football? Because it's been a little while since they've gotten to the double-figure mark mm-hmm. in the win category. It means another step uh, in, uh, of progress in, in the Kalani Satake era. Nine wins in the first season shouldn't be, again, sniffed at. That's, that's pretty darn good to come in with, with as, as new a staff as it was, getting accustomed to, this, uh, you know, to, to the players they were coaching for the first time, yeah. coordinators coordinating at that level for the first time. Nine wins, that's a heck of a job, considering how close they were to 10 or 11. We talked about the narrow margins of, of defeat last year. To go from nine to take it up a notch to 10 in year number two would be just uh, you know, right along the path. And I know Kalani and the fan base uh, want to see this team uh, you know, go on. But, uh, uh, you know, 10 would be great. It's, it's better than nine. And with the yeah. schedule they've got and the games they've scheduled, I, 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 again, I, th- I think it's full credit for the schedule. I mean, so, so with that being said, I mean, what are proper expectations? Since we're, you know, 
you know, Coach was on, got us, got us fired up and talked about expectations amongst the, the players and the coaches in the locker rooms. What about us for as, as fans? So we're not either, you know, jumping off of off the bridge or, you know, getting too high on, you know, certain wins. It's okay to it's okay to expect and want great things. And and, and fan bases and supporters should always expect the best for their programs. And as to what's realistic and not realistic, so much of that depends on on the teams you're playing, the injuries you uh, you incur, all these kinds of things that, that have a significant impact in the course of a season but why not expect a double digit win season you got nine last year you know what's what's one more uh you've got six mountain west conference teams in there uh you've got an, an fcs team uh you've got an in-state rival on your field uh there are enough reasons to believe you, you, you've been competitive with boise yep. you beat mississippi state last year you can take a look at this thing break it down and say why not expect 10 uh it wouldn't be unreasonable i know the guys on the team i know the guys on the team believe they're capable of that they all think they're going to be a great team this season, and, uh, and, and, and they should. The talent's there. It, it, there are a lot of good players on this football team. And uh, I, as much as people uh, anticipate you know, year two of Ty Detmer and now Tanner Mangum, and, and I, this defense has me very, very pumped up. Uh, not, not that it has to carry the team because the offense will be good, but I think it's an exceptional collection of defensive players at BYU right now, Just especially at the linebacking when core. It's defensively that way. Okay, yeah, great. Got, not a few, got a few seconds left, mm-hmm. and uh, we would like to turn some time over to you before you go to tell us cool things from Canada. And there are so many cool things. <laughs> there are so many cool things. Uh, but uh, here's one. Uh, Canada uh, has a province with a half-hour time zone. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's amazing. Where? <laughs> the province of Newfoundland <laughs> is three and a half hours ahead of the mountain time zone. So right now it's uh, 2.15 in, in Newfoundland. It is a half hour time zone province and you don't get that in every country. No. So there's, wow. there's another cool thing about That's Canada. Amazing. Yeah. Is, yeah. 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 Great. Great stuff, man. Yeah, you know. yeah. Always a pleasure. <laughs> All right. Till, ne- till next time. <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait, man. Oh, by the way, i got to get this in. Uh, in this week's Cougar Quiz on BYUCougars.com, Brian Logan did get in the quiz. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah, oh, and I, hey, I, I improved from last time we talked. Uh, I went from 43% to 60%. <laughs> Good for you. Again, another step up. Another step. Take the that's, next step. That's progression. That's, that's all that matters. All right, no, good job, progression. Brian. Progression show. Thanks, Greg. Yep. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, Brian Logan is going to – defend his 4-1 statement. Why he feels like it has to be 4-1 for BYU to be ranked at the end of the season. Are you sure you yes. want to do that? Are you, yes. st- you sticking with that? Yep. All right. doing it. Okay. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation continues live from Studio B, your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. You should all pay attention to BYU baseball today. Uh, yes, as they play uh, St. Mary's at 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, they try to bounce back from that 3-2 loss uh, to LMU in the opening round of the WCC tournament. And if they win, scratch that, when they win, they will take on the loser of Gonzaga and LMU tonight at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. When they win. When they win. When they beat St. Mary's. When they, yes, when they beat St. Mary's. Just like with Greg, you know, why not 10? We should get like a t-shirt hashtag going. You know, why not 10? Hashtag why not 10? Why not 10? Yep. Mm-hmm. They will take on the loser of Gonzaga and LMU, whoever wins that first game today. Hey, why not? Batcats get it done. Stockton's kind of been their uh, kryptonite. Well, let's change it around now. Our Twitter question today, what will BYU football have to do in September to remain nationally relevant 
throughout the season. Brian Logan says they have to go 4-1 and one in their first five games yes. to remain nationally relevant throughout the season. Why 4-1, and one, Brian? Because BYU has meaningful games in October. Why can't they go 3-2, and two, do work against Boise State and Mississippi State, and be nationally relevant? I, I, just, I just think that you have to come and make an impact fast, right? And especially, I mean, we talked about this with, with Greg, come out the gate shooting. And with, with all of the hype surrounding college football, I mean, ball is life. And so for BYU to be talked about, um, and I, I think this kind of goes back to, you know, the, the year that Taysom got hurt. Um, they started off fast. Taysom was, you know, talk of the conversation, Heisman, yada, yada, yada. And if, and if he continues on, if he were to continue on and, and the success was, was continue to happen, I mean, that, that, that momentum still keeps going. You know what I mean? You, don't, you do nothing but build upon it. It's hard when you have that momentum. Let's say you have a little bit of momentum, it gets killed. It's a lot harder to bring that momentum back where it's like, oh, well, yeah, they played against Fresno State, UNLV, and you and you. It's kind of like last year, man. I mean, how much momentum really got picked up uh, because of the schedule, and so that's why I believe that they have to come out and and get all the momentum has to be captured in the month of September in order to sustain or at least you know continue to gain little by little uh, as the season continues. See, I'm looking at this from a perspective of how does BYU win ten games? Because I feel like if BYU is ten and three after 13 regular season games and going to whatever bowl game they play in, they'll be ranked. It'll be close to yeah. right on the line, 25-24. But BYU with 10 wins and 3 losses, I feel like would be ranked at the end of the regular season. See, man, that's the, like when you look at that, the back end of that schedule, bro, that, those teams just aren't appealing. I know, I know, <laughs> but 10-3, and three would that would mean that BYU has at least two really – quality like, wins. I, so I feel like they will it's almost a guaranteed rank you know top 25 uh closer to you know 22 25 if LSU Utah and West Canson and even uh Mississippi State uh maybe Boise State if they you know have successful seasons you know if, if, if some of those end up like Michigan State then it's really like asterisk you know asterisk and then you look at the the, the last five games and you really have no type of help there you know what I mean so you're kind of depending and relying that on the teams that you beat um, or, or even, like, play competitively, uh, have some success. You know what I mean? But I think if you win those and you put it in your own hands, you're fine. Then it doesn't really matter what the last five games, you know, who the opponents are. At JLS9 tweets in 3-1 and one in the first four with one blowout win against a Power 5, preferably Utah, Less than three wins in those first four puts a major dent in the playoff New Year's six chances. See, I'm not, I'm not ready to tackle the playoff New Year's six chances. I just want BYU to be ranked at the end of the season for the first time in eight years. See, okay, that changes things, man. That's you, like I'm, 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 I'm with, I'm with this, with this fan, man. Like I'm, th- I'm talking about next level. You're, we need to set the proper expectations, like Coach said. You know, <laughs> we, we set the proper expectations. They feel like they can win every game. Of course. Oh my Why gosh. not? Why not 10? <laughs> the whip hits next. Happy Friday, everyone. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Big thanks to today's guest, Steve Cleveland, an impassioned Steve hey, Cleveland. Coach. Oh, he was so good. Man. He's good every time, but like the interview we had with him today was really Ready. inspiring. Yeah, man. 
he's just I could see it, I could feel it, I could feel his spirit, and I could see it in his face, man. Like this, this, this younger generation, get it together, yeah, get it together. Greg Rebell was fantastic too. The yeah. cool thing he told us about Canada and why he agrees with Brian Logan, the Cougars need to go four and one in September to remain nationally relevant throughout the entire season. Yes, Download yes. the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. What should we do now, Brian? Let's whip it. Okay. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. The September 2nd BYU versus LSU game now has a kick time and broadcast details. ESPN announced yesterday that the Advocate Texas kickoff between the Cougars and the Tigers will kick at 9.30 p.m. Eastern and will be televised on ESPN. And in more football scheduling news, FB Schedules reports that New Mexico State will travel to Provo on November 17, 2018 to play BYU. If correct, this means that the 2018 schedule now has 12 games with some dates and times yet to be determined. Baseball. BYU baseball now trying to snap a four-game losing streak after dropping the opening game of the West Coast Conference Tournament. They fell 3-2 to to LMU. Cougars scored just two runs on only three hits last night. That is an aberration when you look at what BYU's offense has done. They'll take on St. Mary's today at 3 p.m. live on BYU Radio for a chance to keep their season alive. It's win or you're done. Track and field. After day one of the NCAA track and field West prelims, two Cougars, Roy Linkletter and Clayton Young, automatically qualify for the NCAA championship, and nine others, including Shea Collinsworth, advance to the quarterfinals in their respective events. The quarterfinals resume this evening. Women's basketball. Head coach Jeff Judkins has promoted director of basketball operations Ashley Garfield to an assistant coaching position. Garfield played at BYU from 2011 to 2015, then joined the program as the DBO in 2015. Now she's an assistant. Congratulations, Ashley. Cougars in the minors. Michael Rucker pitched three and one-third innings, giving up one E-earn run and three hits while striking out five in a Myrtle Beach Pelicans win over the Winston-Salem Dash. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays currently underway in round two of the PGA Tours. Dean yep. DeLuca Invitational. Good luck to both of those guys. In fact, yes. right now, Zach Blair, eight over par, okay. tied for 103rd. Okay. Daniel Summerhays tied for 107th at nine over par. Wow, sweet. <laughs> oh, Brian. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Listen, I am giving it to the BYU baseball team because I feel like they need some positivity right now. Yeah. The rise and shout to the Batcats. Beat St. Mary's. Keep the karma. season alive, man. Some karma. <laughs> yes. Aren't you playing the karma music? What? Nope. Okay. Elite tweet of the day from at Mark L. McCune. BYU football needs to win two of four games versus Power 5 opponents. Beat Boise State. Win all the games where they're favored. Wait, that would mean 11-2. and two. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSA. Holy cow, 11-2. Yes, why not? For Brian, I am Spencer. Why not 11? Shout out to BYU baseball all over the map.